I don't know why they tried to uh, basically give you a high-end label. It's like, oh my God, you're key. You have authority. Stuff like that. It's like, you know, a well-paid slave is still a slave. So, oh, wait, wait, wait. We three? Wait, 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 wait. We four minutes. Wait, we are four minutes and 37 seconds in. We, before we get to the slave analogies, let's, let's warm them up first. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Martinis Up podcast, a podcast for PAs by PAs. And this is what I would call a very, very special episode. And, you know, we're going to be talking about, I guess, sensitive topics if you're a sensitive bitch, but it's really for my niggas. So this is a nigga trigger warning if you're not okay with the N-word or you have any qualms about that, you can see your ass right out whatever metaphorical door you're standing in. This is not a government-funded activity. I have the right to discriminate. If you are okay you want to hear from the perspective of black PAs who have worked on black productions around black people, around white people who are not that great towards us, and our white people who are great towards us, keep listening. It's going to be a great fucking episode. I want to plug... Jesse Raxon, who's been on the music for this whole entire series. The music has been bumping. I don't know about y'all, but I've been really enjoying all my little interludes, and it's all thanks to Jesse Raxon. So if you want to hear anything new, he's got some new music out always. Head over to his Instagram at Jesse Raxon. You can find him on any link that I post on the Martinis Up Podcast Instagram page. Support your local artists, please. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest, and we're going to have a great fucking show. Stay tuned. This week he mopping floors, next week is the fries, so... This is my official nigga trigger warning. If you don't like the N-word... If you don't like the N-word... So, let me introduce my guest. This is, this is the episode for... Black people only. I still love you. You're gorgeous, but you're not nappy. You got to be nappy, baby. You got to be nappy. But if you if you're not black and you're listening, what up? Like we about to talk some shit, okay? So, without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend. What's up to my main pal, Jordan? Claps, claps, claps. It'll be applause and post. Jordan, I'm sorry I didn't even ask you if you wanted to use your name. You okay with that? <laughs> you don't even care, though, but no, I mean, you I, Honestly, I don't care. I don't think I came here to slander today. I said what I said! I think most of it is going to be just like, just truth and... It's never slander question. here. It's, it's never, never slander. It's never slander. It's never, it's never slander. slander. We, we, we point out with the obvious, and if you got a problem with that, if the shoe fits, bitch. <laughs> If the shoe fits, wear that hoe. Wear, wear that hoe, especially it. if it's not by Yeezy brand, okay? So, yeah. Yeah. And bitch, I'm from Chicago. So, tell, tell me, tell me what's good. Welcome to the show. We, I don't really have a script, so this is going to be our most authentic show yet, but I want everybody to know this is the nigga PA episode. I'm probably not going to spell it out on, like, Spotify. I'm going to do the end star star, or let me know if you got a cooler way that we doing nigga on the internet sphere. Not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. But uh, that's what this episode is about. It's for the black PAs, by the black PA, the best black PA. 
featuring my high yellow nigga here, <laughs> Jordan. But I'm sorry, I, I don't know was, how you feel I about that. that. Was All right, you go, you go. You t- no. tell me what's up. How, what qualifies uh, you to be a nigga, BA? I mean, you know, explain your story, your journey, why you're here. Basically, I got into the industry 2017, so this year would be five years. Okay. Um. Snap, 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 snap. Living um, in this, this environment for five years. But I didn't start off as a PA, like a, a traditional one. When I first got a set job, it was in Chicago, and it was... This rude that I'm eating? No. It's some nigga shit. <laughs> It was in Chicago on Chicago Five, and I'm, you know, shout out to Dick Wolf. I love what he's doing. He employs that everybody is in the, the MCU. Universe. He's the MCU <laughs> of, of, um, of television by far. It'd be like, damn, holy shit, that lawyer. Oh my god. Oh lord, how is he getting saved by the firemen? <laughs> now what? he gotta sue the building. Like, he do all this stuff. I respect him dearly. But that said... You respect him because it was your first job? Or you really... Well, I respect him because he he has structure. How many people can we honestly say have structure? You know, we get into... I was going to (laughs) say... Wait, we going to wait till... I was just about to say, green light gang. It's iconic. It's no, like, we will get into it because it's iconic will, what Rick 50 Cent is doing. We will despite do, how controversial it, we despite is. Despite how controversial. It's iconic. It's never it been done before is. by a black man. You know, I mean, no, I mean, no, okay. Anyway, he, he got the NCU, nigga cinematic universe. No, you got low key. He got the nigga that. cinematic universe. <laughs> he got the that NCU. <laughs> he, wow. he got that a lot. Um. <laughs> And you know, many, many have tried, but he has accomplished all that. I not will even say Tyler that. Perry, because Tyler Perry has a technical no, nigga. No, and I want to say the closest thing. They're not a popular one amongst nigga niggas, thing you know? To it. Tyler Perry. God damn, brother. Can we please consider some other movies? It's not the, the long-lasting of the show, which, by the way, the, the core show was long-lasting enough. Six seasons is a lot, a long time. And it's about the, the, the branches, the, the fucking branches, the show within the show. If they wanted to, the spin-offs can have spin-offs can at have this point, spin-offs. which is crazy. And I think, that, I think that they're doing that. Listen, I want to get it to the core of what today's episode is really about. Thank you for introducing yourself. So you've, you've PA'd for a long time, and now what are you doing? Uh, Yeah, so... I PA'd for about five years. Um, my first job was in Chicago. After I finished that job, I had nothing planned. I just go to Europe for a month. Don't have anything planned after that. And randomly, my phone line rings and my aunt in Chicago was like, hey, I have a friend who needs somebody to house it for her in Brooklyn Eey. while she goes to Europe. And I was like, really? Shout out to black people who travel. Yo, That's I know. Weird. And... I was like, this is crazy. And this was my third time ever coming to New York City for this house sitting. And what was crazy about it is something about it, I was just like, this just seems so like significant. Something just seems like it's going to really like link and, and connect on this. And what it was is that I got here and I had probably like $500 to my name. And I just kept telling myself like something's going to be more out of this trip 
than what I think it is. Like, I think I'm going to boost my income. I'm going to find some type of... You like felt I said, that spiritual? I the crystals? I literally felt it. And the lady, her friend, shout out to Smita, um, picked me up from LaGuardia. And I was like, something about this. I think I'm going to literally gain so much from this trip. And income included. And she was like okay like she got she was like happy for me but she was like that's hard because you know new york will definitely chew you and spit you out sit your five dollar ass down before i make change and i had a cousin who was in harlem at that time uh before he moved but i was like hey let's meet up for lunch and <laughs> i procrastinated so much that day i was like yo I know I'm gonna be uh, there at like noon. And I was like, okay, actually I'm gonna be there at like two. I was CP like, time. okay, actually, C -c -c I was like, CP actually, time. CPT or color people's time. Hey, Harry, how you doing, man? It's a long standing tradition in the black community that's been maintained for hundreds of years. A fine system that encourages tardiness and places no strong value on punctuality. So I was like, I'm gonna be there when I be there. But instead of taking the transfer, mm -hmm. you know, I'm the black Lance Armstrong. <laughs> I was like, yo, let me let me hop on this city bike real quick. Cause I of was right course, there on- nigga that is forever riding a city bike no matter <laughs> I was where right, you I was go. right there on, I think I want to say Willoughby and like Hall. I got on the city bike and this moment is what changed my life in terms of living in New York. I hop on a bike and I was like, let me, I was like, I don't want to take Myrtle. I was like, let me take uh, the cow. Okay. And then I was like, okay, let me take this straight down. And I was taking the cow down and something got cut off on the cow where I had to make a right. So I go down Willoughby, which is a one way in the opposite direction of where I need to go. As I'm going down Willoughby, I got cut off by Fort Greene. I was like, damn, I need to ride through this park. So as I'm riding through a park, I see a set filled with black folks. Filled. And I saw two black camera operators. Another one, thank you. Another one, thank you. In Chicago, I never seen a black person in camera department. Actually, that's not true. My, my shout out Jimmy Love. Shout out, shout out Jimmy Love. Um, <laughs> um, Being black in camera is like huge, huge, so so huge. Inspiring to see. And knowing how much some motherfuckers make, yes, yes it's very good. Yes. It's very good to see. Um, so I had walked through the set and I was on a bike. I didn't come from a PA world, so I was getting locked up on the corner. And they were like, brother, you can go through, you can go through. And I was like, okay, that's what's up. So I, I, I said that, I was like, that's what's up. My nigga. And I, I parked the bike. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I parked the bike, and as soon as I hop off the bike, I'm like, damn, let's see what I got on me. Miraculously, I had my Chicago Fire dick wolf ID on me. And I was like, this is some validation right here. <laughs> so I start walking to the set, people out here checking me. It's high on security, but I see black folks and I was like, this ain't no passion project, baby. This is a real deal right here. Mm -hmm. So I walked up to the first person I saw who just so happened to be the KPA. You lit, you lucky. And I was like, lucky. I was literally like, hey, I'm interested in this kind of stuff. Um, I was doing film back in Chicago. I was like, I worked for Dick Wolf. And I showed my ID. He's like, Dick Wolf. 
He's like, interesting. You want to start working here tomorrow at 5 a.m.? <laughs> I was like, what? And that is true. And I didn't have I didn't have no interview. Um, no, bro. Which what? is which is why I just don't believe in. It sounds kind of cocky, but literally people would not tell you, but they know that they never use the resume. They never use interviews. They just be getting hired. <laughs> That's how it is. No, like we should get into it because. Sorry, I am eating ice cream. <laughs> we should get into it because when you go to an interview, it's not the same. People should know it's not the same as like a normal job interview. It's really just people want to know like, oh, you work with my friend? Oh, that's my girl. How was it working with her? Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Oh, wow. They don't give a fuck they about what you fuck. dick. They, they, don't, don't they only give a, give a fuck about who you know. It really is like for real who you and, know. And my thing about it is... It's a fucking film set. How many days are the same? Every day you're learning as you work. Yeah. I will say that that's the true, truest form of a film set. It's every day you're learning exactly what to do. Right there on the spot. Nothing's ever going to be the same. They might tell you you could lock this block up. Then you're shooting at Queensbridge and they blow your shit up. And they drive into your police people. It's like nobody could have predicted that. Yeah. But that's what happens. Is you don't know. So honestly, if you're interviewing me based off of like, hey, this is gonna be different than any other film set, I don't know why you're interviewing me at all. That doesn't make sense to me. What do you mean? Mm-mm, get somebody else to do it. But the first day um, of the job that I got hired on, I don't know what the production is. I didn't have any real interview. He just told me, and this whole production, from the span of May 27th, 2018, to August 4th, 2018, I didn't get a single call she emailed. It was just always a text. Of Yo, course. Yo, meet me here. Use additional. But, oh, but, wait, meet me here? Or like, yeah, I'm me, texting you me, a call sheet? No, meet me here. I didn't get, no, I didn't get any What the fuck sheet. was it? Oh, you can't say that. I'm a, say no, that. I will. You I will. It's it. a big thing. Oh, Because my first day on the job, and this is just crazy how like life is just like a full go around circle. Uh, I was told to meet at the Brooklyn Promenade at 5 a.m. I go there, it's extremely foggy, and I just hear a voice. So we need to put this right here, we need to put that right there, and this needs to be cleared up. And I was like, this voice sounds so familiar. It was Spike Lee. The oh fog cleared up. You and love it was, Spike Lee, It was bro. Spike Lee. Sir, I don't do hypothetical stuff. I was born 1957. I was not born 20 years later. Do the right thing was made when it was made. I think what it is, it's just like working for him for that, what is that, four months? May to eight, August, mm-hmm. about four months. Working for him, I saw just a whole different side of just film. I started in the Dick Wolf world. It's always just so stuffy. tradition, traditional, yeah. stuffy. Yeah. I felt like that was like, you know, we got to follow the recipe. If the recipe ain't here, we not working. Yeah. Spike Lee shit that. was, yo, I don't have no ingredients, but we going to cook some with whatever in the fridge or whatever. I love that. Yeah, and I love right. that. There was days on there, I, I still remember this. We had finished work 
um, on a 5 a.m. call. I think he was superstitious against 6 a.m. and 7, some shit like that. So we would always do like a 5 a.m. crew call. I'm like, damn, son, like we in here early. But why not 5 or 8? No. Like, what are you, it, 6 yeah. or 7? What about no, 8? He was, it was like always, most of the time, like a 5 a.m. It was something crazy. Shoe program, nigga. 23-hour lockdown. I'm the man up in this piece. You'll never see the light of day. Who the fuck you think you fucking with? I'm the police. I run shit here. You just live here. We had did a day. We finished at about 12, 5 a.m. So literally our day was only like six hours. <laughs> he walked outside, because we were on sound stages. It's completely black on sound stages. All that shit is, you know, enclosed. You don't see sun. He walked outside to get some air. He looked at the position of the sun. And he was like, damn, we still got a lot of sunlight left. <laughs> we finished the day. We all like, damn, we about to go home. He said, let's do a company move to Coney Island. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> we, didn't have it. we didn't have it. No, we didn't have nothing scheduled. He said, let's do a company move to Coney Island. So Coney Island from Greenpoint, Greenpoint yo. in Chicago terms <laughs> is uptown on the north side. All right, all the way to like 95th and damn Ryan on the south side. That shit is like, you know, you mess up, you, you're getting some bad traffic. That shit could be a two hour drive. What time you said he was done around five? <laughs> we, we started at five. We were done at about, I want to say noon going on like one. It was something really early. So not really, so, really early. Not terrible traffic at least, but coming back probably would be a nightmare. No, it wasn't. And you don't know what's crazy? We worked, what, we started at 5 that day? I think we got done with work. No exaggeration. Still under 12 hours. It Good was for like him. A ten, okay, okay. It was great. like a 10 hour day. So that's day. not bad. That's just fun spontaneity. Now, if it was just like, let's do a company move to Coney Island and now we're doing an overnight, that would be fucked up. That, that's not cool. No, people were tight. I think the funniest thing, uh, no slander to locations, they had to just walk down the block and start blocking off codes. Like they was like, what do you mean company with Coney Island? He's like, send somebody right now. Send somebody right now. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. now. And right. like they, their unit PA, they didn't even take parking with them. I think they sent like a unit PA. That mother, motherfucker had like cones. And he just started coning shit up. And you know, they not gonna tell him no. And they love Spike Lee. People love Spike Lee. The, where we shot on the first day, the full go around circle part is like, I just moved into the apartment that's right over where we shot at. And I'm like, this is where I had my first day at work. Every time I walk outside the house, I'm reminded of my very first day at work. That's so cool. I was like, this is so beautiful to me. So your um, first instance to tell you to stay in New York with New York was Spike Lee just was, was Spike spontaneous Lee. ass and Mr. Spike no, Lee. No, for sure. And it was incredible because I was able to sustain myself and get my very first uh, apartment. And I ended up staying in New York. And I, it was a rude awakening because for many reasons working with Spike Lee. Because one reason is... That motherfucker can be difficult, yo. You motherfuckers will be playing basketball in Pelican Bay when I get finished with you. And not in a bad way. I just feel like, not to, not to defend like rudeness or whatever, but I genuinely feel like he's on a different level of just thinking 
that if it's not done at the exact like moment, he just feels like it's too slow. Mm -hmm. So he's very low tempered on that. But fairly enough, like he's a very, very generous, nice guy. And, you know, I, I look up to him extremely because he's made it where that was the only job I ever PA'd on. And it was always, you got to let the community through. Like we just, this is their world. We're just living in it. That's very Whereas nice. every other production I've been on, you get chewed out. It's like, what you mean you letting people through? Why they why they want to see our production? Keep them on the corner. And it's like, do you understand? Like we probably like the first production to shoot on this block, or like it's new to them. Yeah. And there's no sense of respect for it. And there's been moments where. I've no, sometimes they get on my fucking nerves, though. And I oh, do like the understand. Yeah, like, come on, bro. Like, that shit is annoying. Like, I get it. But, like, what are you really seeing? Like, I understand. Like, I always love when I have to lock up people. And it's like, there you really do see. Like, that at Mr. and Mrs. Smith or whatever, like, that one day I had to lock up people. They did really see Donald Glover doing stuff back. So I'm not even going to be like, what the fuck are you looking at? You're looking at Donald Glover. Like, <laughs> act. Like, I get it. I would stop for that shit, too. No, but, like, when you just walk it past the blackout supermarket or, like, just some dude setting up a light or whatever, what are you staring at? Keep going. You ain't never seen a lighting instrument. You ain't never seen a fucking light bulb. And what, what kills me is I feel like everybody trying to be some daytime paparazzi. Yeah, like, like you, you not, ain't nobody. You're not, you you're not about to pop, you're not baby. About to pop off. You're not you're about to pop it to the from shade taking room. And you're not low. You're yes. not low. Yeah. The people who be talking on their phones and recording, no, you're no. not low. You're, you're, no. you're not low. The people who be kill, putting it down by their head. Kill, what kill, what kills low. me is always the FaceTime. Like, yeah, you know, I'm just out here. You know, I think I see somebody. I see somebody. They yeah, lift, like, they lift the phone up over their head, and it's like, you're not taking no selfie. No. You know, like, don't. That's what it, I used to like it. when I did work in the. Uh, the the universe that is powerful the the PR bitch used to be all a body baby you wasn't getting away with not a not not about her not about her you weren't and they used to be so funny snitching people out to her they used to be like yo you know they take a picture to her they should be like who like we you're not getting nope nope you're not getting away with it over here. I'm not about to name drop, but you cannot you're name absolutely drop. right on yeah. right on that one. Yo. She was the best. The best She PR killed it. And I was only there for like met. a fucking couple weeks. She like could have easily been, easily been a one-woman PA because <laughs> she'd never, never be afraid. <laughs> she'd be like, oh, he's shooting up there? Okay, okay. Take an elevator through the door, man. Like, hey. No, 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 no. Not today. <laughs> Stop that. And, and that kind of would be a fun job, and I would be missing so many motherfuckers. But, but, you know, back to the NCU, a lot of leaks happen on those shows. And I feel like it's, like, unfortunate because it kind of, it's, it's kind of, like, damaging to the shows because, like, that's so anticipated, and then you get... I never hear about any other shows getting any any type of fucking. No leaks happen all the time. All the bro. time, leaks but as, as frequent time. as it did. I don't know. I never seen that, that many. Like, I'm, what if they? There's no. Maybe they weren't leaking. If it really happened that frequently, maybe it wasn't a leak, and maybe it was like a publicity leak. You have to put a little bit, little crumbs to keep the people on. That's true. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of the NCU, and I, I'll stay with it. And even after, even after being a huge fan, and then going and seeing. Ugh, 
That's all I'm going to say about the MCU from there, going and working for it. But still a huge fan. Still could watch it after knowing, damn, they probably pulled 20 hours, didn't they? Yeah. For yeah. nothing. For, but whatever. For nothing. And uh, just to go back, go back to it, um, before I got into the East, in MCU, I was in the Spike Lee universe. And what that was, was um, it just... I don't know. There was a certain thing about it where working for him, it was definitely intense. But another part of it was like, it just felt so closed off that you couldn't really feel like a sense of progression inside of it. If you're working in a, in a smaller scale of things, like as a PA, the downfall was that it was closed off. The plus was like, if you got blackballed from like most of the other productions, you always had a place to work. You always had a place here, it's nigga. My, it's a sparkly universe. Like, I'm Love like, that. yo. My nigga. <laughs> you so the Spike Lee universe is different than the NCU. Absolutely, the it's NCU is it's like it's more. It's its own. It's its own kitchen by far. Yeah, by the NCU far. is and more I, like devoted to a certain type of like demographic of yeah. black people in and, terms. Because well, not I'm all get, black people are invested in the NCU. I gotta say, not all black people. And then what I I think what kills me too is that the actual production value of it is not enough. Not enough blackness for me at all. Oh, absolutely. The most frustrating. Listen, say what you want about Mr. Chocolate. Shout out to the last, the most recent episode of Atlanta. So fucking, <laughs> so fucking good. But unlike a Tyler Perry or whatever production, you, you could tell at least that goes up to the top and the tippity top is black. The NCU... Without saying so much, and Jordan, you can say whatever you want on your behalf since you are no longer, like, really tied to them people, but I ain't gonna say a lot because they really run some mafioso shit from what I've heard. But, like, the tippy-top of NCU is white. It's not the... It's the WCU up top, you know? It's the white cinematic universe. It's not even giving what y'all said it was supposed to give. No, I wasted my money. So send me my money back now. My cash app is open. No, no, but no. WNCU. White The white niggas. Nigga. Oh, white niggas. But they're not really white niggas. It gets really... <laughs> it gets really disconnected. The higher you go up, the more it's just like, do you even watch the show that you're producing? Like, you know what they writing, right? Like... What? But yeah, I I completely agree. And you know what? I that is central agree. to our the creator of the NCU because like he will shake a little tail for the for the you know he wasn't and I he I, built his I, own I love, and we don't have to derate it. I to love like, Fifty, you know Curtis, whatever we want to call him over here. He was incredible. I thought he was really nice. He brought a lot of charisma to set. He was funny, um, but there was just a lot of different elements where I was just like. Hell no, no. So they you got no on... They ain't got no business. I mean, if we're show. gonna name drop, and I'm a, I'm a, if you're gonna name drop, I'm a name drop right here. Yeah, if you go, wait, wait, wait. If you gonna name drop, explain why we suggest you. What did you? <sighs> Hold on. Let's take a break, everybody, because we are about to get into like a juicy part of the whole thing. You know, this nigga got a lot to get off his chest. So <laughs> let's 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 take a little break. everybody welcome to the nigga pa podcast no i'm kidding the martinis a podcast a podcast for pas by pas but today is the 
nigga PA virgin. Again, we're going to give another nigga trigger warning. I'm here, so if you're offended by the word, even if you're like, you could be black and offended by the word nigga. Like, I know black people who are really like, Oprah, refer to the Oprah Jay-Z interview, please. Anybody who fool, anybody who hasn't seen it. It's a really funny part of history. But some black people, they're very triggered. Even though me and Jordan have even had times, people tell us, hey, Chill, chill with that inward. That's, that's not cool to stay in front of certain and we people. And we were by ourselves. We were chill. You know, he was just like, please, young kings, young kings and queens, chill with that inward. So I get it. Doesn't make me any, I don't feel any less educated. It's just how I connect. It's a very New York thing I feel too. And it's it's where I'm from. So if you don't like it, then you can suck a dick. If you're white and you your ears are burning, well, let's continue because it's, we're not going to stop, right? No, Thanks for listening. for sure, for sure. So I'm here with my guest, Jordan. He was a PA for a number of years and very experienced, very good at his job. He's out of this world, so, you know, he here to just to, to spread love, love and wealth and knowledge and give, like, help to low niggas. This is always a podcast that if you've never done PAing, a PA job hopefully you can listen to this and be like okay i know where i go especially for black pas i swear to god it's very you ain't gonna see a lot of yourself out there friends so hopefully you can listen to this and be like okay some niggas out there they goofy niggas but they they niggas niggas is a beautiful thing you know you know nigga pas in general walk on every set just confident facts they Act need like, you technically don't even don't even but think to yourself that you're acting like you know how to do something because like i said you are always learning on the spot what exactly needs to be done. As a PA, your job is basically, you're the eyes and ears of set. You express what exactly is going to happen in, throughout the day and what is happening throughout the day to people Apparent. who aren't on your channel, whether it be your walkie or just in your you know chain of command of what, what you've been told to do. Because a lot of times you'll get asked questions and it's just like, it has nothing to do DP? with you. Yeah, you have nothing to fucking do with you. But you'll get asked them anyway, and it's important to and, stand ten toes. Yes, and never, never respond with a, "I don't know," because yeah. they don't Shit's know. Corner. They Short's don't. Corny. You know, as it's kind of crazy that that's a double-edged sword. It shouldn't be. It's like if you get asked a question, and you say you don't know, they're more mad at the fact that that uh, you don't know because they don't know, not the fact that. You don't have the information. It's more of just like now. I'm just mad. At, I got. I can't be mad at myself. I gotta be mad at somebody. No, for true. And, and and it happened as early as 5 a.m. That part. That so, part. I'm here to tell you right now. We don't care. Don't feel alone, even though you're yeah, surrounded don't, in don't a feel sea alone of on that. a and sea of non-you faces. Don't don't feel alone because to be honest, they kind of need you. They do. They know they need representation. They know you're the only one. You know, it's awkward for them as well. But be be confident in what you know. And if you don't know, you got to act like you know anyway. Because it's not a lot of us. So I hate to be and that I, person. And I but hate and I hate that I hear this so 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 much all throughout film. I can't name how many times someone has told me, you probably only got that job because you're black. Ooh, I, I've, I haven't, no one's told me that to my face, but I've heard it around. it's been said to another person. Yeah. Don't ever give them a reason to even believe that. Yeah, facts, that's bad. There's been, there's been some folks who I know that's you, been comfortable. Listen, listen, the nigga PA term, actually as the inventor, I feel like, of the nigga PA term, it really came from the fact that it's just like, 
Yo, niggas be niggas. Like, you can't turn it off sometimes. And I love us for it. I love being black. I love being a part of a very niche culture. Exact, but, like. Do you remember the exact moment? Oh, we. Oh, shout out to my son. I think his name was Ronnie or something. If you're listening to this, it must be a shock. But you started a whole movement. You started a whole, you started a whole movement. Whole because movement. niggas gonna be niggas. And you ain't gonna say nothing. You ain't gonna stop me from doing what the fuck I wanna do, right? Even if I'm at work. And, you know, this ain't McDonald's. So it's really. It's really. You you, you, you stick it out like a sore thumb. That's the nigga PA. Welcome to King Burger, where we can do it your way, but don't get crazy. We were rolling. Dead <laughs> silent. Rolling. Me and Alexis were just small chatting. In the courthouse. In the courthouse. In a courthouse. A courthouse. That place is that's already fucking quiet if we weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> True. True. We small chatting, and a, a phone goes off. And I don't remember his name. I think it was Rodney. I really do think it was like Rodney or something with an R. <laughs> something, something with an R. Something. And he was quiet. And he was very like, what was crazy about it is he was pretty quiet and like, just, okay, I'll do that or whatever. Yeah, I feel like, like he was like a bad like PA. He just reason, was nigga in you know, that one moment. He was just. For some odd reason, his phone went off. And as soon as he answered he was like, gang, gang, gang. <laughs> gang, gang, what up, what up, bad now? Man, no, we're like, Rodney, we are rolling. He's like, so? Like, he did not give no fucks, truly. Did not stop. Did not stop. I, I feel like, I feel like he was kind of, um, like I said earlier, the daytime paparazzi. He, I felt like he kind of was a daytime paparazzi that like got through. It was like, oh, holy shit, I'm working on a set Do now. Do you think so now? No, that kind of, but I'm saying that I never phone saw call, him again, But though. that phone call felt like that, though. Yeah. Because he was just like, gang, gang, I'm here, bitch, I'm here. And literally, me and Alexis just look at each other. <laughs> like, and I was just, I literally was like, I went like this underneath my breath. I'm like, nigga. And Alexis was like, that's a nigga, right? That's a real nigga BA. Like, said, ain't gonna stop me. Right? What's gonna stop me from taking my phone call, talking to the gang? You feel Yo. me? Like, I don't really care. I, I got it. I totally understood. I needed him to shut up in that moment because, I mean, we was on a lockup. But, you know, I whatever. Just, I got I think, it. I don't know what was funny. Our reaction or the white people faces that was just around the situation. True, they were. They were like, they don't even know how to tell them to be quiet. Like, you nobody, can't, you nobody told them to be quiet. Don't they get in the way, like, nigga, being don't niggas. Get don't. In the way. It ain't none of your business anyway. They did the right thing. Shout out to the white people in the room. Shut the fuck up. You did the right thing. That was for me and Jordan and me and Jordan only to handle. And yeah. we tried. We did the best we, we could. Like, whatever. Shout out to Rodney. We, he ain't hurt nobody. We were, we were like, we could not get on this level with nigga right now. You know, and the, yeah, <laughs> we did vow to each other that day. It was like, just, we always yeah. gonna be nigga PAs, but let's never get to that level no, of nigga tree. Let's get, never that, get to- that level of nigga tree was too much. Like, we not sipping too, for the white man, but that much. was too if much. If I could have recorded that, that motherfucker would have been an ad lib on like six different That's true. Tanks. We could have, we definitely he needed was, to use Yo, that. he was so animated too. And this I'm is like, not, damn, I wanna like, make it clear, we're not simping. We not saying like no. you gotta put on like a suit and tie because you're around the white people all or it's day. Cold like, switch. You it's not have you don't you switch. yeah you no. don't have to cold switch. Be you, but maybe like answer the phone on the low. Like <laughs> maybe low. just be like hello. We he are was, like understand we're on a film set <laughs> and recording sound. It was a part of me was kind of jealous because I'm like. I ain't never been getting that animated on the motherfucking FaceTime. Yeah, he right? Was like, like, and it was like the middle of the day. I'm like, And listen, this is, is not doing? about... Uh, you, no. You're not the same, right? Y'all no, not the same. You're not no. co- you don't compare yourself to him. That's Rodney. That's what That's he do. Don't shorten your dress. They would never...
to me. They would ever. never make you walk in a dress on my level, much Nicole. longer. You never will be on my level. Do not compare yourself. But Yo. it's just like. Damn, you don't understand the fundamentals <laughs> of a was, film set? I know. He could have said, was he that was, his first day? Nobody even asked. And what was crazy like, I think as soon as he got off the phone, he was told to quiet other people. I'm not even kidding. It was something like ridiculous. And I was just like, that was a real just nigga PA. small nigga PA and moment. action. And I've ran into many other nigga PAs over the years <laughs> who have just been like, come on, you drunk right now? Are you serious on the job? <laughs> Like, you could be drunk, but you smell like liquor. Like, you obviously are lit. Like, okay. Cool. And I don't even want to put that in the nigga PA. Or, damn, no. that was just sloppy. No. Another just, like, sloppy antic of it, too, was just... I've been worked with some real nigga PAs. So I'm like, you know, you could be late. I'll, I'll defend you for, like, an hour. No, wait. The, the, the CP time is a real thing, but, and I suffer from it. I but, suffer but there, from it. But... There's one thing to be late where you show up, okay, 10 minutes before, like, shooting call or, you know, 15 minutes into shooting call, and that's probably, like, 45 minutes to an hour after. Into you shooting call? After, that hurts look, me. That's scary. I'll be late to my prep time. Look, I'll never be look, in look, past call. That's after, crazy. After you post to be there, like, you'll be, like, an hour or something late. That's one thing. But I have literally worked with some nigga PAs who have then we talk about second scene of the day late. No, and then what? What's the excuse to you? To what's the excuse? You was the key on this, and just like huh? it was just I overslept. And what what hurts me too is like the fact that we were like getting into the second scene. I called the phone as a key PA. I was like, Yo, where you at? Like, I need you. Um, hello, you hear that hello like that? You like damn? Yeah, that's, another not, uh, that's, that's another hour. That's another hour too. Get up. Just, just to, just for them to get up. And I'm like, who? And that person too was like, oh, on oh, true, wow. true nigga time because they were like, I'm not about to Uber. <laughs> I'm not about to Uber. I'm like, what do you mean not about to Uber? Like, get here. Like, what the fuck? No, no. He's like, like, I'm getting on the I bus. Like, I didn't get paid yet or whatever. <laughs> then another, another, another huge nigga moment was, um, hey, Channel One, if you sent me a text, I ain't get it. I ain't pay my bill yet. I'm like, why you let niggas know this? Like, what are you doing? Oh, the ghetto. The ghetto. And this was the same job, too. This was the same job. Exactly, <laughs> baby. You know, it be like My, that sometimes. No, I, I was just and, struggling. It literally does be like that. But you vocalizing it again. That they be, the, people be what? giving uh, just bullshit reasons where they be like, you know... We got to keep them around. I feel bad. Like, I don't want you to feel bad for me. I'm good at my fucking job. Like, no. Yeah, you don't want to go, like, Oliver Don't, to, don't try to tokenize me. No. Yeah, that's that's no. not fun. But then you hear shit like that. And don't you feel like, protective over the, like, the brand, though? Like, what it is to be, like, a black PA? I feel very protective I do, over I do. I do. Just, I do. like, come on. We cannot have this fucking but, farce. But but it, I don't want to be too overprotective. No. Like, you got to be... I don't want people to have to code switch. It's very important exactly. and very easy for black exactly. people to fall onto it. But I feel like I do want to be a good representation that, like, we here for a reason because we're smarter and better. So we're here. Then what y'all think? Exactly. exactly. So I just don't, I, I don't know. Like, I feel very protective over it, but I do want to be careful in the uh, the message that I'm sending because I don't want anybody to feel, I don't want Rodney to feel like he can't be on the phone with his gang because you can. It only takes a little bit 
of white brainwash to activate the coon chip. I think what made also to just nigga PA in general a thing was again like foundation. When we started that job, we talked about, we had like a lot of like disagreements on like just social issues. We would, we would have breaks of talking about blackness. Yeah. That was something in beauty. Yeah. Because it's like, you have breaks when you, oh, the only black person on set, you talk about some shit where it's like, oh, I took my dog to this park this weekend. Shout and it's <laughs> like, it's like, you know, like I don't mind those conversations, no, but, but I don't have enough in me for that. I know. I feel like there's so much other shit to decompress. That dog, yeah. Like I need to talk about some shit. It's very therapeutic to wa work with other real nigga PAs on that. Yeah, true. Because you could talk about it. Yeah, now nigga PA went from kind of like a joke to like a safe space. Like a literally safe like space. Okay, we got and every time now what do we do when we see other black people like another nigga PA, and no matter who you are now. <laughs> even if Rodney spun the block and was just a completely different man, like what is this, three years later since we worked and on evil? And you, you know, like if he was a different person, can he wanna be a real true nigga PA, I would take Rodney too, because I can make him a better nigga PA. <laughs> And what's crazy, what's crazy about that to me is I've, when I finally got a chance to work with like black ADs, that's like oh, a different experience a as well. That's experience. so, but when I worked with some, they would, they would ask me like, how do you think the day went? Like, you know, you, as an AD, you always trying to check on the, the key PA, whether it be good or bad. I feel like there's always a conversation of just like room for improvement or just like, you know, tips to get, get through your day. Right. A respectable and good AD will, will do that, right? So there was a day um, in CU, this was Power Universe. Uh, let me just get right into it. I worked on season six of Power, all of season six of Power, and I worked on the first season of Ghost, and I'm gonna I'm a keep it a buck. I walked out on that shit. I had to. <laughs> Tell the people why to, you pulled the Million Man leave. March out the Yo, hole. I had to leave. <laughs> million Man March, you funny. Out, out Yo, of it, please. What was, what was disheartening about that, though? Um, I know we all over the place with this, but that was, honestly, this might be the most estranged uh, advice I can ever give a PA. If you feel like you are not in a good, safe space, walk out your fucking job. It's not worth it's it. It's not worth it. Not for the 15. And secondly, not for the minimum not, not wage. For the minim don't, 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 don't do it. Don't, don't do it. And it's like you literally giving them, what, like 80 hours out of your week? That's a lot. That's a lot. And I've pulled 90 before, like, on some really crazy wild yo, shit. Well, like, I, I think at season six, I'm not even kidding, I have to pay stub. I have a 110-hour pay stub. That's fucking gnarly. <laughs> gnarly. And you want to know what's crazy? Three of those motherfucking days were stage days. How do you even do that on stage days? The, the longest day of work, I think, I've, I have a clock, was Power, season six. We did um, we did a noon twelve o'clock call. We didn't get out of work. This was a Friday, noon twelve o'clock call. We didn't get out of work till nine a.m. on Saturday morning. What? I I I'm not like a like overly emotional person on a lot of shit. 
I literally cried my Uber, and it was for the funniest fucking reason. <laughs> Why? I got in the Uber, and I wait. Fell shout out to Jesse Raxon who has an album called "I Once Cried in the Back of an Uber." Go, go, go listen to that. <laughs> go listen <laughs> to that. <laughs> SoundCloud link in bio. Baby, what's good? <laughs> um, um, no, but I was. I hopped in the Uber. Safety ride hours, of course. Like, what the fuck we contemplating if it's a safety ride or not? Anyway, safety ride. I hop in the Uber. I close my eyes, and I wake up to just a loud, and it was the Uber driver punching the ceiling, and he was this nice African man. He's like, brother, you got to get out. Get out. And I was, I, apparently I've been asleep for like 10 minutes after the ride. <laughs> like I was, I was out cold. And I woke up, I woke up, and I was just like, I just worked 20, 22 hours. And I was, I, tears were falling down my face. And it wasn't like I was like sobbing. <laughs> but like tears were, I think it was just like I was broke. Like I literally had a complete. Not the BBC fried, broke you. Fried moment, <laughs> yo. <laughs> the big black king broke yo, your you shit. <laughs> nah, you was broken. You was broken I, like a first I day was, in. I literally was like, and it wasn't, it wasn't even like conscious tears. It was like. They literally was just, I was like, just broke. And I said, I just worked. And I was, I remember just smiling really hard when I said that. And he, he like backed up. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah. He's like, we, we've been here for a little bit. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting out. Um, and that goes, there goes my weekend on that. Like, you, these motherfuckers, man. Like, so you, you slept getting, all of Saturday. You literally had. I think I woke up at like 4 p.m. that day. And. I don't even remember what what happened, but it was just a lot. That's a Friday. It was for a you. lot. That's a lot of pressure on that show. I don't think we give. Shout out to Courtney Kemp on again. She conducted the NCU. That's those are her creations. Fifty, 50 just produces it mostly. He's just the blackface. He's just <laughs> not in blackface. He's just the blackface. Stephen A. Smith, I sentence you to 4,000 lashes for conduct unbecoming a black man. Behind another, in front of another black face. I mean, no, Courtney's a sure. black woman. Courtney's She's even better. Woman. And I think for me, what was just wild is like, there was so much shit with season six that made it just, just so tense. Like, what a... What a set to work on. That first morning, like the first three hours of the day just felt like the most intense work you could do. It felt like you, if you were an athlete, I feel like that was like your full blown like sprinting on the treadmill. Like it wasn't like, just like a jog. That first morning was like full explosion, just like full speed. Well, I'm saying like and the you're first from part, like You started from morning, like the first first part of the morning okay you mean like every day every day almost was always just high notch and And i'm not gonna this is lunch and midday is the worst this is a big one and i'm not going to name drop but there was people on that production that would just show up deliberately late (laughs) and it would really fuck some shit up where it was like okay um camera's ready the first ad Camera's ready. Um, how are we with cast? Uh, it'd be like, oh, number number 20's good. Number 25's good. What about... And we'd be like, oh, that person still hasn't landed yet. 
hasn't landed. Oh god. <laughs> that means they still gotta go through hair and makeup. There was there was there was days when that production where this particular personnel showed up six hours late. Uh, once they got to work, said, I'm not working today. My throat hurts. <laughs> and, and this was so funny. That person uh, got talked to by the producer. It was like, hey, like, what do you mean? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? So why you can't? And why, why, when the producer was getting answers, this, this motherfucker just rolled the window up. <laughs> and it was a transport van. They could have they easily been like, motherfucker, you're not working today. You're not getting driven. Get your ass out. Call you an Uber or something. They took the transport car you back. back. <laughs> they took the transport car back to the house. It was like a whole mess. Another, another wild, wild situation on that show. We shot right in front of this person's house, okay? One of the cast members. And this motherfucker you was- You shot in front of the cast member's house? In front of the cast member's house. <laughs> and they still and this was, was late? this was, yo, by three hours. <laughs> <laughs> by three hours. And then we, they, they were calling the first team PA. They were like, yo, I'ma name drop him. That's my, that's my boy when he wants to be, I guess. Nigga PA too. They were like, yo, yo Z. Where's this cast member? Oh, they just went to go get breakfast with their family. We're like, breakfast? What the fuck? Like, we shooting in front of his house. Like, what are you? Oh, shit, I said he again. Oh my God, you're mad. <laughs> We're shooting in front of that person's house. What do you mean? And he's like, uh, he, Z was like, yeah, they just went to go get breakfast. Breakfast? What the fuck? What do you mean breakfast? Yeah, they got their family and went to go get breakfast. <laughs> they got their whole family at breakfast. And what made it funny, we was like, oh shit, let's see where he's at. Let's let's see if he wants to come to set now. So they, they asked Z to go break up breakfast. Where? We, like we, at we, a separate, we in the up, house? No, or? it was on a restaurant in the neighborhood. <laughs> Yo, this shit was wild. Go Ask Z to go get check for breakfast. Son. They go, uh, Z goes and was like, oh shit, there's a transport car. This motherfucker fed the transport driver too. <laughs> so like everybody was like hands off on that situation. Like we couldn't even get him back to the place. Like what are you going to do on that? So three hours late and a whole breakfast Three hours thing? late, whole breakfast right in front of his house. And like how many seats right in front of, of, right in front of the house, right in front of the house of the, of the actor. Right and in then front of the when, house. What was it like when he finally came to work? He just went... Like, through the works, and then he was ready, and then he just did his work, and nobody even, nothing happened? Nothing happened. It was a mess. And that's that's why I kind of feel, uh, feel for the ADs on that, like, in terms of how hard they, they were on PAs. The reason I walked out wasn't because of the ADs. I don't know why that was any type of real speculation. It was solely because the UPM. <laughs> I'm a name drop. No. Not you name dropper. I'll cut it. I'll cut it. I'll cut it. I'll cut it. I know it's How'd you not do that look? You... I was just like. You did the look. But no, I left because of. A certain um, someone. No, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a name drop the UPM, like the role, but I'm not going to name drop the person. Yeah. But it was just, it was a toxic environment to say the least. And I try not to believe that 
work environments of film can be toxic because it's and i try i tell myself that that it's not because there's always moments where i'm on film sets and i'm like i only dreamed of this as a child like just to be here that's and yeah. just to actually be there is like wow this is crazy i agree and like we're like literally a, a, a one percent of a workforce that is like every other job is so much nine to five like we have a job that's completely abnormal nothing is the it's same the, from the, the yesterday five to before five. it's the five to five exactly the so, upm really had me fucked up though i will say that she says i'm quick to check a bitch if she is out of line are you the bitch she's singing about don't know yeah, it's an abusive uh, environment for, because it's, it's ran by people. It's it's under misleading guys, but they don't even really care about you over there. The craziest part about working NCU over... NCU does not care yeah, about black, black people. people. Not at all. The <laughs> NCU does not care about black people. And that's what's crazy is like, you pray to work on more black productions. And then that's what I really, you know, I want to get into the core of. It's like, you want to work on a black production, you get to the black production and it's not great. And not even the NCU, I've worked on other black productions that don't have anything to do with it, and it hasn't not been, it wasn't not great, it was just definitely like a little bit lower valued, and I don't yeah. ever understand what's no. the difference. And I think the difference is just in budget, and the difference is like, who's at the top. But I don't know, I, I'll always value working on a black set. I yearn for it, the deeper I get into it, no, good or bad, good or bad, I, I will always value working on a black set. I, I don't know about the NCU again, because we, this state, their reputation precedes itself. Everybody in New York knows the NCU is a no-go. You, they get all greenies for a reason. Like for you have reason. to not know anything in and order to work for no. that. Because you have to, you or have, be a higher up or in to, the crew department. And you're making a buttload of ass got, and, money yeah. out of it. But you gotta have, you gotta have a, enough where it's like, you know, this is not really gonna break me. It's just a job. I think the lack of culture behind the camera hurt me. Um, because it was just like it kind of felt like the art was overshadowed by exploitation it just felt like you know what we consider to be hood or whatever in Hollywood they got standards black writers though like but it's not enough there was just all these different situations where it's just like I just can't sit well with this there was a director I really liked him as a person as a person until this point. <laughs> they were doing a rehearsal of a scene and the scene was uh the lead actor had to get into I think he got into like a scrap or whatever where it led to somebody getting killed. But what it was was the scene was like, "Yeah, I got you, bitch nigga." And the white director, the white director um literally was like I just feel like you didn't do enough going into that uh, you gotta be more of bitch nigga bitch nigga and he was white <laughs> I was in there for even that the was a, white directors on those that shows was are a, problematic that was, what? A, that was a literal rehearsal that went down and the funniest but not funny thing was wasn't a nigga PA but it was a nigga set worker <laughs> <laughs> randomly never met him in my life Forgot the brother's name. Shout out to him. Did VFX. He tapped me on the shoulder and was like, yo, he pointed to the situation. <laughs> he, his eyes were so wide. And I was just like, 
Yeah, nigga, I heard. I heard. I literally just looked at him and like, yeah, I heard. I heard. And, you know, that situation happened after a huge situation that was well, well protected where the script supervisor had to give lines to Mary J. And the lines, it was so funny because I prepared for this. There was a line where it was like, you know, I can't have you running around these streets. And you running around these streets is a mess. I don't know what type of niggas you running around with. You got to be careful out here. It's dangerous. So Mary forgets the last part and the stripper survives it. You got to be careful out here. It's dangerous. She forgets the first part, the next take. You got to, uh, I can't have you running out here in these streets. And then I was like, she about to forget that middle part with nigga in it. And the script supervisor was white. So the black, the black AD who was next to me, I was like, there she, there she go, there she go. Look, look. Because <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. But the script supervisor literally was like, I can't have you running around here. I'm not going to say that word. And we were all just quiet. I love, and, shout out to my, and, my Hannahs, who would look, really be and, like, and, no. And Mary, and Mary was just like, all right, got it, got it, got it. I was full-blown fledged, and you should use this as an ad-lib, to be like that old Kanye West ad-lib. Niggas, just for the script supervisor at that exact moment. Because I knew who was going to stop me. Everybody was up there at that time. I think it was like <gasps> two producers, the UPM. I'm like... Mary needs some help, y'all. I'm about to help Mary because that's yeah. Let me read the lines. I was like, I think I, I think I was, I think I was the key at that time. But I started on Ghost as a first team helper slash like runner on there. Shout out to Tamika. But you were brought Um, in to be the key. I was brought in to be the key, and (laughs) I, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I'm happy that it, it happened. I will say this honestly. Before I met you and worked on Evil. I had a black ass resume. Like, I worked with Spike Lee. You was my black friend that I thought just came off the boat from Africa. I think <laughs> Which you I did. did. Yeah. <laughs> Which I did. I just came back. The day I met Alexis, I, the day before, I just came back from South Africa. I backed you was on your, I'm a black month. person who went to Africa tip. And that was the end and of the, it. Yeah, I was, I was like, these first world white niggas are beyond me. <laughs> like, like, like y'all, not about to, y'all not about to break me, son. Like, first I, month back I from Africa, a, I'm not I've seen taking enough. it. I've seen enough. I built the whole plan. I ain't going nowhere. But I appreciate the concern, my beautiful African queen. I hope your hair is natural. I hate being a PA. I hate be, not being able to see nothing. But you at the video village. You at the monitors. You or next to all the people. And you know when people ask, like, if they had more black representation in the room, they wouldn't have done that. And it's like, I feel bad because I am the black representation in the room. No, and no. I can't do anything yeah. about it without but being like, it's your hard, 15 it's hours an hour is gone. So I'm going to have to sentence you for 10,000 lashes for conduct unbecoming a black man and saying that no black woman can make you happy. 10,000 lashes for Snow Bunny Shannon Sharp. And it's hard to say that we have a say-so because I feel like as PAs, we you, have nothing. you build the table, you set up the chairs, but there is no room no for room you. For, no seat. No, no seat, seat for you. No seat for you. And that That's was, true. Wow. That was, That's that was, a deep, that that a was, deep That was my thing about being a key PA. It was just like people would like praise me and like all of this stuff. And I'm just like, there's nothing big about this. At the end of the day... I'm still a slave on this. Oh, yeah, like, you, yes. you now, still, you st- an hour in, we're ready for the slave <laughs> analogy. You, I'm still a, like, a 
well-paid slave is nonetheless the slave. That's true. It's, you, and you, he wasn't even well-paid. You're not getting you know, more than anybody you're else. You're just the head, the, the head nigga in charge. The Rodney nigga I hired off the street is making the same I make a week. Truly, truly. That is bizarre to me. And not to say like Rodney wasn't deserving of it. Shout out to Rodney again. Shout out gang, to Rodney. Gang, 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 gang. <laughs> but, but it was just, it's just, it's it's wild. It's wild. This is like a very special episode. You know how you watch like the molestation episode on like Family Matters or some shit, and they're like, "Welcome to a very special episode." Oh, this is the Psycho yeah, Man yeah. and Dudley, and, the, and then they they'll do like a PSA before. Exactly, just and after. I was watching. Yeah, I was watching. Whenever they do rest, fucking, race relations. No, yeah, I was watching fucking what's that? The Johnny Depp TV show Twenty One Jump Street. Mm-hmm. It was like at the end of the episode. What's that number you should call if you know somebody that uses drugs? Uh, I don't know. Oh, there it is. And it popped up on the screen as the editing. And they were like, yeah, that's a cool way to go. Drug free. And I was just like, come on. Johnny so Depp. all are actors. Huh? D- like Johnny Depp. At least be better about it like that. Hi, I'm Brandon Tartikoff, chairman of NBC Entertainment. And I've got a hit idea for the new fall season. Don't do drugs there's no hope with dope this is a very <laughs> special episode because we're talking about special topics so like this very special episode of martinis up we'll be right back and when we come back we're gonna play a little game we're back um, you ready to play a game? Um, I usually write these down, but I, everything is off the cusp. That's why this episode is probably going to sound sloppy as hell. I'm not organized, but it, I, it's coming from the heart. Let's play Guess That Phrase. It's a game where I say some, I say a phrase of something, and you try to guess what it is, and I put little buzzes and beeps, and you get a prize at the end. So, um, the first phrase of three is going to be the attendance sheet for background actors. So when they come in, it has all their names on it and like what they're going to be for the day. What is that called? Skins. Another one. Thank you. Good job. Good job. Good job. Correct. Um, I'm trying to think of another cool one. Ooh, the person who is in charge of the lighting of the entire show. Not how it looks, but just in charge of setting up the lighting of the whole shindig. Sounds like a gaffer to me. Another one, thank you. Ooh, confidence, confidence. You're right, gaffer, a gaffer. And my last question for today is, what do you call a person who is in charge of keeping track of continuity within the story? Oh, so this is kind of controversial. They don't like scripty. Mm. Not always. They don't like scripty? I love scripty. I love scripty. It's just so cute. I love scripty. What's that? But it's a script supervisor, scripty. Another one, thank you. You know, the supervisor of the I, script. I believe I use the term kind of often, script soup. I script like soup. That. <laughs> I just feel like, honestly, they get the shit done. Like they. That's they a, such a fun job. Such dude. a fun job. Such a fun but job. But I've met I some like high, high strong. Yeah, because it's a hard it's job. A it just seems job. fun. You just see the way the like the little notepad looks. And, and you'd the, be surprised. They don't go through the director. 
they'll go straight to the showrunner and be like, hey, is this what you want? No, absolutely. this person said that. Absolutely. And I was like, I'd be like, whoa. You know, someone once told me like the best, the most often jump from job to job is script soup to director. Yeah. So if you want to be a director in television, normally nine times out of ten, you're a script supervisor first. And I've met a lot of like directors who were script supervisors. And I don't know if it really makes like, I think it is better. I can't tell if it's better or worse. I just think it's a cool jump. I'm always, cle- I'm like, I'm always looking at the connection of, like, jobs to jobs. Like, you want to be a first AD, what's the quickest way to get through that without doing one thing? Or do you want to make more money than a first AD? You know you can just do locations first and then go into UPM quicker, which makes more money. Like, I'm always thinking about that. I think that's really cool, especially from nigger perspective. I'm tired of being a PA. I'm back on my PA shit. I was a COVID PA for the last like three episodes, but I'm back on set where the where the bitches love me, where the, where the hoes wanted me. I'm back, but like I'm tired of it. Like I'm not tired of the job. I love my job. I'm just tired of fucking like making no money. Where's my money, bitch? I ain't gonna keep asking nice. And I I think it's I think it's I need money. I think it's definitely the money thing. Money. But it's just it's just I feel like to the highest extent of a lot, being a PA. You kind of make someone else's dreams come true on a day-to-day basis. And what it is, is a lot of the job, you have to just be okay with never getting a thank you, never getting a good job. Ghost we shot in Queensbridge. Again, that was like a very white day. I don't even remember who the director was for that. <laughs> that was a very but, white day. But Another yo, white day in the NCU. We, we were shooting there. And it's Queensbridge, son. Like, y'all gotta know what the fuck is gonna be going down. You out here trying to block people from parking right next to right next to their building? No, son. Complete blown lockups in terms of like the police traffic agents that just use flashlights that aren't really like real police. I feel like there was no real understanding of of that nature of it's their world we're just living in it when we go into the hood on those shows mm. but then when we go to Manhattan or something it's we like we bend you at gotta, their will yeah, yeah true we, it's, it's always like you bend at their will it's like people gotta go to work let them through blah 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 I'm supposed to feel sorry for that bitch I don't it's always just higher we give higher commodities to what we see as like higher end yeah. and we see like we're like God's perfect gift when we're in a fucking low income neighborhood right. I, had to, I had to turn up on a KPA cause I was an additional we were shooting this is very Chicago of me I've never been to Coney Island at this point and I went to Coney Island and I was like damn surf Mermaid Avenue like this shit is Bikini Bottom like, what is this <laughs> Coney Island and we were, we were on surf and yo I kid you not, there was like, the hood was out, right? And it was diverse, but it was a lot of black folk. This was season six, and I kid you not, the key was like, hey, on the edge of frame, like not even in frame, was like, we could see the freak show on camera. Clap if you think she should suffer. And he called me to Channel 2 to say this, and I was just like, excuse me, freak show? And he was like, yeah, you know, the strange characters of this neighborhood, they're they're in frame, whatever. I was like, first off, it's their neighborhood. 
Yeah, people don't. I was like, there. I was like, don't don't call it a freak show just because it's not where you're from. No, yeah, absolutely. How dare you? And then he was like, well, you know, and that was the only time I ever, <laughs> ever, ever did this. I said, like, I don't give a fuck. Go to back to one. See, when you do clownery, the clown comes back to bite. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, white folks know when they do something wrong that could be deemed racist, they will literally not come, like, not try to battle you on that. I love black people! I love black people! Who's your motherfucker, Jerry? You my motherfucker! If I said that to another black person, they'd be like, yo, what, what's what's good? Yeah, what's like, good? What like, fuck, fuck you mean, go back to one. We'd be rolling. We'd be rolling. I'd be like, like, go back to two. Nigga, go back to two. Fuck you talking about. We will be, exactly. Fuck you talking about going back to one. Like, yo, who the fuck are you talking to? That's it. That's what you are. You's a wannabe gangster. A fucking wannabe. You had all the potential, Trey. But at the end of the day, you ain't got the, the shit to make it work. Man, fuck you. Yeah, fuck me. I think the worst part, just from an outsider of like the NTU that was only there for like a short stint, but still be like, yeah, I worked on that job and it was as messy as you think. But no, like just just from like an outsider's perspective, somebody who really wasn't invested, I was just it just seemed like nobody cared. It seemed like nobody cared about anything. Like every yeah. if, as long as one nigga was doing it, he gonna do all the jobs since he the only one who really cared to have the production moving and needs to do. That's why you and shout out to Chris were just doing everything. everything. Because it was like no one else cared enough to be like, well, let me help you get more hands on that. Or let me be more commanding of the other PAs on staff to make sure everybody is working with each other. It was just kind of like, if one nigga going to do the one job, he going to do it for all of us. And thank you. That's what I didn't like about that show. And that one time that guy mistaked me with another black person who and wasn't was, as good as uh, what me. Was, what was upsetting is like... That was a nigga who mistaken you. He was black himself. Exactly. You mistaken <laughs> me with another PA. First of all, yeah, you pulled the Shanquisha? No, I'm not. Like, just because I look, I'm, I'm just another, I'm black woman number 46. I'm not the person you just saw. So I don't understand. He mistaked me with another. And then she was trash. I had to leave that day. What did I tell you? I was like, nope, done with this job. Because you're not going to mistake me for another black woman. Not only are you not going to do that, you're not going to mistake me for somebody who's trash at their job. How dare you so niggas can be in the street talking about we the same person? I don't have time for that. My reputation is very finely put together. That was some real Harlem shit when you pulled that. You were like... No, I was like, actually, you're like, I'm gonna cut the grapevine off, right? Fucking no, done. You're not about to put me in the mix with nonsense. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. She went full Nene Leaks ghetto. No, when they speak my name, they speak of greatness. You cannot fucking put me in the same room as these people. Are you a Virgo? A Libra. Shout so out to funny. that bitch. She, that so she was unique in her own way, but she wasn't me. What was funny about it? You not won the turn from a bag, and you were like, nah. No, hell no. <laughs> like, I'll take the week off. Like, Fuck like, it. Like, I'll go. I got another job started up. I was only there in between jobs, so you know what? Let me just stop. Like, done. Yo, just left, son. Left. No, nah, Power did, pulled a lot of like shaky shit. I think remember I did paperwork. Like I did a couple of different. I oh, think I was there for at least a month. The but same, I did paperwork and it was on my body. No, as soon as that bitch started staring through the glass to like burn me in the side of my face, I was like, I gotta get out of here. Like, nope, I'm a little too close no. to too many vicious white people. I gotta protect myself, King. No. And what happens? And month, a couple months later, you guys fucking like. And, you know, deuces. Circle, Only to say that's circle, your most abusive job. Circle ever. back to the the tokenism or like 
all nigga PAs don't be on the same page sometimes and it's disheartening. I got so fed up and the situation that was at hand, this is my honest truth, if any of my power family listens, I still love you. Shout out to all of the wardrobe department on there. That was the best wardrobe department I've ever worked with up to date. By far the most professional people. Ashley, Allison, Trenton, Paige, everybody, yo. Everybody, Frank, Deshaun, everybody. Niggas is a beautiful thing, you know? Fast forward to <laughs> Million Man March. UPM, all right? This is, again, it's my honest truth. I get a random call that my brother back in Chicago died. He died in his sleep on a Saturday morning. And it was a long work week. And I was like, yo, this is so fucking crazy. Something just felt bad that morning. And I, I go home. Uh, that was the first time I ever flew where I went to the airport, no ticket. I go to the kiosk and I was like, what's your next flight? That's like some 1980s movie type shit right there. <laughs> I go back to work that, that uh, after that first round trip of just seeing the family after he passed. And I talked to the AUPM and my second second, or no, second AD and second second. I was like, hey, I need to take time off, blah, blah. The AUPM said, I don't know if a grievance is on here, but uh, you can just mark it as sick days. Because also on the fucking time, uh, your pay stubs on certain production, it would say sick hours accumulated. And best believe, I'm, if I'm working on a fucking 18-hour work shift, I got some motherfucking sick time. Yeah. Y'all, y'all smoking crack. Something is wrong with you people. What the hell has this world come to? So, I leave that Friday um, to go home. And I leave that Friday to go home. And I don't come back till Tuesday. Come... Thursday, I get a call from the main UPM saying, hey, I see you marked it as sick days. You can't do that. I don't care if someone died. And I was like, what? And I was, she's like, yeah, you, you can't do that. Mind you, you, I'm a motherfucking PA. Minimum wage. Minimum you tripping, wage. You tripping, you tripping over pennies. I mean, you tripping over dollar bills chasing pennies, bitch. Mm. Corny ass nigga. I, we get paid, and Chris earlier that day was like, yo, I'm tired of this place, yo. I'm ready to fucking go. And I was like, for real? And he was like, yeah. If you down, I'm down. That's what he said to me. And I was like, that's what's up. I was like, let's make this a thing, yo. And I said that. Not trying to hijack, like, what he said, but we had full ammo that day, and I really wish the PAs understood that. It was... A cast scene that day, excuse me, that was the uh, study hall of Ghost. Mm -hmm. We had 15 cast members, no, no exaggeration, 15, and a table read that day. So the table read had all of the cast, that's for the next episode, so all of the cast was there on at the stage, all of the producer team, the showrunner, everybody was there because it's a table read and it's a heavy cast uh, cast scene. Mm -hmm. I said to everybody, if you want your jobs back, you will get a ring. I guarantee you. 
There is no more structure if we leave. They cannot get this running. If we leave right now, we'll be set. I was like, it is a statement and some shit can be, be done. Chris was like, trying to organize was, the A Million Man March. He <laughs> was trying to put it and, together. And again, this is when you, you understand the frequency of nigga Pierre's. I explained it. People people laughed at first, and then I start preaching. And they were like, I'm down. I'm down. And the additionals were even down. Come down to it. We put the walkies down. Nobody was really about it. Y'all be weak in the knees. Stand up. Stand up. I was telling people, we got the paperwork PA to pack up their laptop and come downstairs. I was like, this is what's up. The paperwork PA leaves. All of this shit's about to crumble. Every last single bit of it. Would have been iconic. Came down to it. We go to... They were like, okay, we're going to set up for the next scene. I mean, not the next scene. Uh, we're going to set up for a rehearsal. They get done rehearsing. After they get done rehearsing, me and Chris walk into the room. Cast is still sitting in there talking. We walk to our second second. And I was like, yo, I'm out of here. Good working with you. I tried to shake his hand. And he was hesitant on doing it. And he was like, y'all not serious. You laughing. And I was like, no, I'm out. And Chris was behind me. He was like, Jordan's my ride or die. He took his walkie <laughs> off like he was like a, a fucking Chris like a Tucker. Cop. Chris <laughs> Tucker turning his badge in on rush hour. Like, I know I fucked up on this case, but here y'all niggas go. Your badge is on the line. I can't do this right. You could have it. <laughs> he was like, he's like, yeah, that's my ride or die. Handed him the walkie. Walked out with his little pink Supreme, pink Supreme winter coat. Even though it's March, <laughs> we walking out, and this was a beautiful moment because we were leaving, and me and Chris, we had like our heads down. Nobody walked out with us. We felt defeated with in terms of like just not fully being able to dismantle oppression and you know a system. Um, we <laughs> yeah, walk out, and I see these this high reflective as yellow light, and I hear a voice that just say. Jordy, and I'm like, who is that? And it was Method Man, and he gave us a whole ass like prep talk of just like, you know, this is not an end for y'all. This is a new beginning. Niggas always told me to keep my motherfucking head up. Niggas always told me, nigga, you better stand up. Niggas always told me you from Rockin' Water, ain't no scared up. Even if you cased up, niggas. He gave us a whole ass prep. You talk. walked out of the set, and Method Man's like, hey, because he was there for the table read. He said, Jordy, where's the table read? Oh. And I was like, I think it's upstairs somewhere. He's like, what's 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 wrong, brother? And I was like, me and Chris are quitting. And Chris was his first team runner. So yeah. he was like, damn, Chris, you out? So we were talking and uh, Chris was Chris was like, yeah, it's just too much. I was like, yeah, it's a toxic environment. And what's kind of funny is Method was like, I kind of sensed that. I kind of sensed that lot. And, and I was just like, I was like, yeah, and not not like to like. I'm sure he doesn't mean like cast, but just like again, the NCU is not run by <laughs> niggas in charge. Yeah. It was all a lie, guys. It was all a lie. She lied. The slave then got off the chain gang, and we don't chase no runaway slaves. That's what I saw it as. <laughs> you laughing, and it's it's. I'm it's not trying true. to. I'm not it's trying true. to do my Umar shit, but like I genuinely felt like that was 
the sense of it, not even in a form of like a racism way, even though I felt like that lady definitely had racist undertones. Season six power ended and she was like, I'm so happy to be working around black folks. She said that at the rap party and I was just like, those are the ones you gotta worry about. Truly. Those open, open-minded, open vocal, liberal motherfuckers. We call them hippie, are, hipster are racism. Hipster, hipster racism. racism. It's a real hipster thing. Hipster racism. You being like, oh my god, the I voted for Obama twice. Fair skin has been in favor for the past what, couple of hundreds of years, but now the pendulum is swung back. Black is in fashion. The motherfucker who's called the people a freak show in Coney Island. That motherfucker always talked about how liberal he was and all that shit. But it's like, he was the same person that, you know, a nigga PA fucked up. He'd be like, yeah, he got his job because he was black. And I'm like, why do you think I'm the right nigga to be telling this to? Like, you know, Some white people, it's not really about the comfort level. It's just about the fact that I'm, I said what I said. Yo, and, yeah, and that's that's what it was. And I think that was, that was just a... Uh, a strong distaste on just the just the NCU in itself on that and I just had enough but but that's not even just the NCU that you run into people these motherfuckers who are just like kind of disrespectful but playing in your face um I told you that instance of like oh it looks really dangerous over here from that still photographer yeah. me a black like a camera PA who was Dominican a black man with locks Standing in the corner, having a laugh, a kiki. This white bitch, stills photographer that I don't know, never joked with her, never nothing. Didn't know her from a hole in the wall on set. Maybe them other niggas did, but I did not know her. She was like, "Ooh, it looks really dangerous over here," and I was like, "What?" Like, and they started laughing, but out of like nervousness, and I just completely just got silent. You're not even getting a laugh out of me. No. What does that mean? And the hip hop head, we have this, boom, bam, every time. Uh, uh. That, what's dangerous? Yeah, Us that, just sitting in a corner you know talking? You know what's crazy? The fuck? You know what's crazy? That, that PA with the locks, I walked with him on power. Uh, I walked with him. Oh, well, he was AD, I, but I, yeah, he, PA. Uh, oh, yeah. He was a PA at that time, and I was walking with him in a black unit PA, and that same key PA, who, again, very openly liberal, was like... Is this the members only club? The fuck? <laughs> like you! Yo, yo, it's just like, it's just like, what the fuck are you thinking? And like, listen, I've laughed at some pretty dark was, jokes. And we, but, and, but what's crazy is me and the PA with the locks, we did the uncomfortable laugh, which you probably, like a, which you <laughs> probably, <laughs> the unit PA, black dude from East New York, love from the death, shout out to Will, he was like, Hey, niggas, that kind of sound racist. Right? Like, yo, he, what? He, Somebody got to check him. Yo, he called it out. He's like, that kind of sound racist. I'm happy out of three people of color in both these situations, somebody had to be like. But I didn't even, I didn't put two and two together. I'm just happy to be with Because they say that shit with a jolly up to, oh, looks pretty dangerous to. over here. Why is that a funny, happy thing to say? What's When has danger been funny? What no. the fuck are you talking about? No. Honestly, it's a very old saying, but just stay black. Don't compromise. Stay yourself. Be good at staying yourself, and mm. you'll make it far. Don't try to change yourself or a piece or audience because that's not what they do for us. Nobody's walking on set to be like, well, let me put my best face on because I'm surrounded by like other people like who are not like me, and let me do. No one else does that but black people. Black people are the only people who analyze the 
the how what they're projecting every time they walk into a room because of how we look so like that's my main info i ain't changing shit for nobody it's gonna make me a lot of money one day let's let's take a little break and then when we come back we're gonna have the highly anticipated pa of the week Welcome back to Martini's Up Podcast. We've been here shooting the shit, talking about like general nigga problems, nigga triumphs, nigga <laughs> mental health, nigga, nigga protective, nigga nigga, 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 nigga. The very special can, can you nigga, nigga episode. <laughs> exactly. Nigga, nigga, nigga. This is the nigga trigger warning again for our third part of the episode, the end. We are going to have the best the best segment of martinis a podcast the most highly requested one the one that everybody loves pa of the week okay so i really didn't i'm so terrible at pas of the week this week's edition since this is the nigga pa episode we talking about blackness we talking about black entities you know who do you got a nigga pa of the week do I have a nigga PA of the week? This might be tough, and then like uh, just so you know the rules again. A nigga PA could be a literal PA, could be an assistant, it could be somebody who is like the go getter, the runner, the person, you know. Nigga PAs. Uh, and this is this is we we we're praising them, right? It's we're praising not- them. <laughs> this is our nigga PA, like our PA of the week. You get a prize and everything. It's great stuff. Pow, right in the kitchen. Okay, for sure. Um, you want me to go first? Yeah, go first. Because I didn't have one for last episode, but this one, I, I got one. My nigga PA of the week goes to the PA or assistant of the queen, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> I wanted to name him because I forgot what I watched. The VMA, her VMA super freaky, whatever, her whole big thing. She had her award speech. She won for like, I forget what she won, Vanguard or some bullshit. And she was called, she needed her speech. And she was like, I have my speech written on my phone, but they took my phone from me for the performance. And she hinted at it once. And then she was like, yeah, thank you this, thank you that. Like, oh, I don't have my, like, I really have my phone. Like my assistant has my phone, like, oh. But thank you to everybody, thank you. And then out of the corner of like the screen, you see like, a very scurrying assistant with Nicki Minaj's phone. I'm like, what the fuck? How is it his fault that Nicki Minaj didn't have her phone on stage? Granted, he had the phone, but I feel like would I be have been a bad assistant to be like, I'm not about to run up on the VMA stage in the middle of this like awards acceptance speech to pass you your phone? Like, bitch, you knew you wasn't gonna have your phone. You knew you was performing, and then right after they was gonna probably give you your award. You knew you was gonna have your phone on you. Why would that be my problem? So, anyways, shout out to that nigga because of his perseverance and how quick he was. I feel like I saw myself in that moment. I feel like I would have been mad that it was on me to bring her her phone in the middle of this thing, but I would have got it done. I would have got it done. So, shout out to Nicki Minaj's assistant. That's my PA of the week. Pow, right in the kitchen. Monty, baby. Oh my God. Monty. This is his time. I no was, last name, my first just Monty. time being a key, I was told we need to hire a paperwork PA. And I was like, ooh, I don't I don't know too many paperwork PAs <laughs> available. And sure enough, the same AD that said go take a culture. <laughs> oh wow, okay. <laughs> um I was talking to, to her and I was like, hey, uh do do you know of anybody? She's like, no. 
Honestly, if they have a laptop, we can get something working. I took that fool. You should not have told a nigga like me that. Whatever you need me to do, you know, like, even, I even do Shakespeare shit, you know, like. We'll do some Shakespeare. To be or not to be, you know. That's a motherfucking question. That's all like, I'm going to say. I'm going to get a nigga I'm like, with a laptop. I'm literally going to get a nigga with a laptop. Because <laughs> niggas was in Paris. Like, I'm going to get a nigga with a laptop. Like, you literally telling me something literal. And that's what I'm going to do. And basically, <laughs> I hit up one nigga PA. And I hit up another. And they were like, oh, this is my friend. And I was like, has he worked on set before? She's like, no. It's like, the nigga got a laptop? And she said, yeah. And I was like, done. Dead high. I was crucified for that action from the micromanaging of a, you know, AD. Um, but I wouldn't change it for the world. That was quite the moment. And honestly, I felt like I was doing something big. I'll never forget that day. You like, I see you on your Tyler Perry studio shit. You got your black people work, working around here. Shout out. We and, put a key PA that's black on the we, scene. We, we hiring our own. And we kept, we kept, and uh, throughout the day, Alexis was just like, you know, we gotta, we gotta check in on Monty. Make sure he's doing good. And I was like, he seems like it. You know, as soon as I said that, it was funny as fuck. He come to set and was like, What's the back end time for lunch? <laughs> and we was like, Monty, that's your job. And I was like, back end. We, he walked up, and it was funny because I don't know if you remember this. He walked up, and was like, Yeah, I need to uh, talk to Jimmy Mac real quick. Wait, but how Something was? New. Did we break for lunch yet, or did we already? It was break the for second lunch? setup of the first scene. Oh, so no, no back end. Time. I haven't even broken. For I lunch. feel like somebody from upstairs just said, said "Yeah, you got to get the back end time for lunch." And he walked downstairs and was like, "Nigga, what's the back end time for lunch?" And Jimmy Mac was like, "What the fuck?" But Jimmy Mac said something that was like, kind of like a gem to the situation because what I mean by that is like gem, like you know, shining metals or whatever. He said. Uh, what the fuck? And I was like, no, no. I was like, Monty, we haven't broke for lunch yet. I'll let you. G I'll give you the go on when that should be done. Jimmy Mac was like, you know, crazy enough, that motherfucker's new. We'll be working for him someday. I would like to see it. He was happy to be there, and he was literally like such a yes man. But then you go on that lunch and was like, yeah, these white motherfuckers got nothing coming. I'm like. <laughs> We're going to have a national coons conference at FDMG. Yes, brothers and sisters, we have to have a national coons conference. I live. I live. I was just like, Monty, whoa, whoa, whoa. I literally pulled this out. I was like, I'm down with it. Trust me. Just calm I was like, down. you got to calm down. I was like, there's levels to the conversations. You can't be doing that. People be listening to people's lunch conversations. I was like, gotta be chill. I was like, you can't do that when you don't got your foot in the door. Nigga, you got your head in the window. That's all it is. Like, nigga, talking about overthrowing the white yeah, man from outside. Like, whoa, 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 How you whoa, complain whoa, about whoa, the club? Whoa, you whoa, can't even get whoa. in. And you, you know, your head's through the window, like from the second floor. You, you moments away from being fucking pushed. Like, you need to calm down. Unfortunately, I remember when I got into health and safety. I was like. I would love to put Monty on. We gotta find for, him. We gotta, we gotta find, find him. this guy. Because if you have any information on a black PA with a laptop by the name of <laughs> Just Monty. Anyway, I would nigga of the week. Pow, right in the kitchen.
for me, Monty, Monty by far. I and wanted I wanted to bring him back on health and safety, but his his. We'll find phone, them. We'll find them. The I just put out the, the same APB. number. You got to put out the yeah. Yeah, that's it's this out is, there. This is your milk carton, Monty. That was uh, the <laughs> nigga PA <laughs> segment. That was the Ew. nigga PA of the week on nigga, a very special episode of Martini's Up podcast. Nigga PA of the week, um, by far. Welcome back to the Martinis Up Podcast, the special nigga PA edition. We here, we shooting the shit, we talking about all things nigga. But I want to move on to our last segment of the day, which is my favorite segment. I don't know about you hoes, but I love it. Can we talk about music for a second, please? The brothers. The brothers that... All right, so this week in music... I usually have like a cute little thing prepared and I'm like, oh my God, let's talk about like the shittiness. But essentially, you know the drill. We, we've been talking a lot. We've been getting our frustrations out. We, we, we getting closure on this episode. And I want to end it off on a great note by talking about somebody else's industry that's full of shit. That's right. We throwing rocks in the glass house. Let's talk about music. Well, we showing our hands. Yeah, yeah, you know. But let's talk about music. So this week, it's all about the rap girlies. Oh my God. I hate to be like a shitty blogger and be like, the rap girls are fighting. The girls are stealing. stealing. The girls are fighting and stealing. stealing. But really, like, these bitches are really going at it. And I guess I just want to know, like, what's the problem? So there's Nikki, there's, there's Cardi. I never found you funny. I never found you entertaining. I never found you smart. I just found you annoying. Cardi versus Nikki, shout out to Taylor who put this whole theory in, in my brain. But the Biggie and Tupac of our generation, truly... That was a real quote from this the, the great Taylor Richardson. Like the Biggie and Tupac of our Jiggy Richardson. One King. If you haven't checked it out, Facts. check it out. Please listen. If you're not listening and you on episode four right now, you ain't listening to episode one. What the fuck are you doing? You think we just saying nigga? We had a whole show, but this is a very special episode. But yeah, anyways, Nikki and Cardi B are the Biggie and Tupac of our generation. Uh, and and just in the sense where like they both have such influence that's like crazy. The only difference is they're not both, like, it's not East Coast versus West Coast. They're both on the East Coast, sadly. But, like, their beef is so strong and never-ending and affects other artists, the hundreds of other artists. There's people who they'll never work with because of each other. There's people who can, like, never talk to each other because of their relationship with one another. And it's just a mess. But, like, what's going on, guys? Like, I thought music was supposed to, like, y'all getting a lot of money. It's all glamorous. Like, I don't understand, like, what's there to beef about between two women who are so rich? I'm sure there's been shit that has been spread and talked, and Cardi seems like a bitch who's not really about that fake shit. Nicki Minaj has been in the industry for buku amounts of time, and she's put so much industry, like, she's put so much, like, culture, like, so much time into the culture. Like, she deserves her flowers, but I really don't understand, like, why she insists on, like, Pulling a Kanye and just targeting her, like, like tarnishing her legacy to fight with these new rap girls who are not, it's not doing anything for you to be arguing on Twitter with Lotto, who's like t- t- 20 years younger than you. Stupid fucking dinosaur! It's a little ridiculous. So I'm not throwing shade. I'm a woman who believes other women can express their frustrations without being looked at as like being catty. But I want to know what's, what's the problem? It's hard to ask a man that, but like, why you think these girls, why you think like, 
no matter how much money is there, like people still gotta get down to the pettiest level and still be fighting. You think it's publicity? That's suspicious. That's weird. I think what it is, is it could be publicity. They both got records to sell. How convenient is that? Wow, how convenient is fucking that? You know? But Nicki just has a bad track record of these exact same beats. I feel like she's a very like uh, attention clogging artist mm. where it almost comes out as people don't say this enough, but when a person is insecure, it does not always mean that they think lowly of themselves. Fucking, the pink print was huge. Yeah. That was huge. I was in, what, middle school or some shit when it dropped. And I was like, man, these motherfuckers asked me to burn this shit. Because I used to have burnt CDs in my locker. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, God. they asked me to burn this shit. And it was, and people heard it. It was like, oh my God, it's amazing. I would even was listening to that shit. I was like, yo, this is dope. But... I feel like there was no real conditioning in terms of letting her know, like, you know, this is this is a good pedestal, but like, there's a lot of room for other people to get up here, and like, you need to be able to still be yourself and not focus on it. Right. Step your pussy up, honey. Like that, and it's really disheartening to see that that's what what's happening right now, because I feel like. Nikki was a mentor and and huge structure for Cardi's. Huge. She was the chief keef of all of this shit, basically. That's true. And it just she couldn't handle. I just think that she didn't like the competition and and you know there's probably shady shit happening behind the scenes. Bitches sucking and fucking to get up there. Bitches who getting Grammys and they don't even write rap and all of that shit. I get that there's frustration, but like she's really not playing the game smart. And I guess no. I'm just trying to figure out. And, like, it, and and it's coming off very just like again, uh, just highly sensitive and overly emotional. And it's like. You can't do that. Like, no. Because well, Cardi especially says if she's got season. condos in that bitch head. I do believe that. I believe that this is something that Nikki has just been stewing on for a long time. Yeah. And not only did Cardi B come in, she kicked the door down for all of these other artists, for the Megs, the Lottos, the Glorillas, the Ice Spices, but she the, the was, everybody. I feel like she was just more communal about it and was like, why yeah. use it as competition when I can also get fed from their wave as well exactly and that's what it's about cardi is smarter in the sense where it's like it don't have to be nothing as long as i could get a feature on that yeah you glorilla and you pop and you got two hot songs as long as i could get a feature on your second hottest song we good to make another number one hit to i'm make good another... she just is sm she just is moving smarter I just, again it's a those public images people all of that shit whatever you want to call it influencer all of them motherfuckers have publicists that literally condition them on how they should speak, how they yeah. should carry themselves, and I feel like she just did not have any of that in the earlier stages. Yeah. They should have gave her that from the jump. Yeah, she to be should like, be at Beyonce's level. The only Beyonce's difference between level. them. But the difference between Beyonce and Nicki Minaj is their team. And I say this all the time. All the time. The team that Beyonce has might as well be the same motherfuckers that are in charge of the Obamas. Like... She has a presidential secret service staff. I truly believe I, I that. Truly and that includes that. everybody that step in that bitch signs a strict NDA. Everybody that steps around her is like, 
the very, I think, core people who have been working with Beyonce for a long time, so they just don't cross her. Nicki Minaj, like, needs to be working on building that. And honestly, to say something good about the queen, she, this new album feels, she's beefing right now, but you can tell, man, Nicki is entering Kanye status, where it's like, if she coming out beefing, she promoting a, I mean, not true super Kanye, that's for a different thing, and I won't give him the space on this platform, but... She's kind of getting to that level where it's like if Nicki Minaj is out here screaming on Twitter, she about to release something. She promoting something. She doing something. So I think that's where all these arguments are coming from. But I do feel this rollout is different. It feels more polished. It feels like she finally found the, the right business team around her and is going to start making strides in a smarter way. Anyways, let's, before we end the show, I always like to end it on a good note. We got to say something good about our industry, where we're at, what we're doing. Maybe give some advice to the little niggas. Um, yeah, uh, I think if I can leave on a good note, I would say, again, just stay true to yourself, uh, don't be afraid of that job, uh, when I first got into this industry, I thought never in my life I would be able to read a call sheet, it was just, that shit looked like a soup sandwich, I didn't know what the <laughs> fuck was on there, I was like, what do you mean, how do I see my schedule, where's my name at? You look at the back of it, it's literally like hundreds of names. And you're Truly. like, what the fuck? But it's a, it's a structure of staying in your lane. Because all those other names don't matter. You look into your small little box out mm-hmm. of 100 people, and that's you. Yep. That's what you need to do. So I want to say take that into a workforce standard of just believing in yourself on that and things really work out and you are meant to be there if you're meant to be there dead ass. I'm dead ass. <laughs> that's good advice i think i don't i don't have any advice except for to keep listening to the martinis up podcast because we got the best fucking advice every fucking installment is something new my cash shop is open it was important to like talk to another nigga pa that i have respect for and i just wanted to us to have an episode because yeah, we don't and, get many things but we and, got an episode and on I, the I like up. to commend uh those who came before me on this show and those who come after me um <laughs> i think everybody who has been on here and who is going to be on here has been nothing but inspirational influences to myself keep on working and you know just stay up stay up and that's it like as usual look forward to the martinis up podcast Every month or so, we'll be here giving you new knowledge, new stuff. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you so much for being here. And my cat has me his daily view into the, you know, he's here. But thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Goodbye for now. Niggas. Niggas.